0: Hey, Praise Chapel. This is Isaiah Saldivar from The Awakening 209. What an awesome time we had at Amplify Conference. In tonight's message, you're going to hear about revival in the young generation. I'm going to be sharing what God did in my life nine years ago, how I went from being an atheist to a revivalist. I hope this message blesses you. God bless. Come on, let's give the Lord a shout of praise. And my sound, man, just give it to me nice and hot. Just turn that gain up. Come on, let's give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Who came ready to worship tonight? I don't know about you, but I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. I'm excited to have liberty to praise, to have li- nice and loud, Mr. Samman. Thank you so much. I have liberty to worship. I have liberty to be excited. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is liberty that I have freedom to praise. I have freedom to shout. I have freedom to be excited. I don't know about you. Thank you. You're good, brother. Thank you so much. I don't know about you but I'm glad that I am in a place that gives us freedom to shout and to praise and to be excited. I'm glad that I am not complacent. I'm glad that I'm not apathetic. I'm glad that I am not dead. I'm so grateful that nine years ago I was an atheist sitting in a church just like this when I didn't believe in God, when I didn't want nothing to do with God, that God broke into my life and I made a commitment that to God. The parties, if I could be loud at the raves, am I at the right place tonight? If I could shout at the football game, if I could shout at the basketball game, if I could shout for the Fortnite victory, if I could shout at a movie theater, if I could praise at my high school football game, then when I come to the house of the Lord, I am going to praise, I am going to shout, I'm going to be excited. I don't know about you but I refuse to be a part of a dead church. I refuse to be a dead Christian. I refuse to be a dead believer. I am excited about what God has done in my life. I am excited about what God is doing in my family. In fact, the Bible says to shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That means shouting is an optional. Shouting is a commandment. There are too many dead Believers in the American church, there are too many people that will shout over a bunch of grown men as much as Mike as you could give me. They will shout a bunch of, about a bunch of grown men that are wearing tight pants, chasing after a piece of pigskin up and down a grass and then we come to the house of the Lord and I wonder where our praise is. I wonder where our shout is. I wonder where our passion is. If I could praise at the party, I could praise in the kingdom. I could remember pastor being an unbeliever and I didn't understand why my Christian friends were radical in their high schools, were radical for video games, were radical for drinking and partying and then I would come to church church on Sunday and I would wonder where that same passion was that we had outside the church where was it inside the church friend I want to tell you you may be here tonight and I get it some of you may have been forced to be here some of you maybe are here because you have to and you may be sitting back saying Isaiah God is boring and I want to tell you that God is not boring you are boring our generation is so dull and so bored but there is excitement in the presence of God. Do I have a witness tonight? There is is excitement when we come together our generation will not be marked by drugs they will not be marked by alcohol they will not be marked by pornography but they will be marked by the power and the hand of God that this generation it will serve the Lord I wonder if there's any fire tonight that say I'm going to praise and I'm going to shout because my praise is my weapon my shout is my weapon. My scream is my weapon. That there is a supernatural battle that is happening right now in the spiritual realm. That there is a war over your time. That there is a war over your energy. Young people, listen to me. There is a war over your purity. This is not some mamsy-pamsy. This is not some wussy Jesus. This is not some pansy Jesus. The God that we serve is not weak. The God that we serve is not dead. The God that we serve is not boring. Our God is a God of war. Our God is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The Bible says his name is above every other name. That there is coming a day where a Jewish man is getting ready to come back to planet earth and he's not coming back to die on a cross again. He's not coming back to be a part of our watered down youth gatherings where we bounce around beach balls, but nobody gets delivered and nobody gets healed and nobody gets saved. I am not interested in being part of a Chuck E. Cheese country club religion where we come and just play a couple games. I refuse to fall over addicted to porn and get up addicted to porn. I refuse to speak in tongues on Sunday, but gossip on Monday. I refuse to come and get chill bumps but not be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. From there is real change. There is real power. There is real conviction. There is real encounter in the presence of God. And we need a fresh move of God in this generation. We need a fresh fire in this generation. There is something wrong when I could be on TikTok for four hours, but can't read the book of John for 20 minutes minutes there's something wrong when we could come in youth group and walk in addicted to pornography and walk in uh, oppressed by demonic powers and walk in all depressed and confused and angry and bitter and then sing a couple songs and walk out the same way there is deliverance and there is real and don't sit back and oh he's staring right at me number 1 i don't have my glasses on y'all and the lights are way too bright to see any of you but i am telling you there's something that is happening in this place there is something supernatural that is taking place in this house and God is getting ready to break what you've been battling for years. God is getting ready to break the secret areas of your life. There is a man named Jesus that is getting ready to declare war on every demonic assignment that has tried to hold you down. Come on, crank it up. Every demonic power that has tried to hold you down. I rebuke just Isabel, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke anger, in the name of Jesus, he didn't come to take your life, he came to give you life, and tonight, suicide is going to be broken, in the name of Jesus, there has to be expectation and desperation to have revival. If you want to sit back and just golf clap God and be like, well, praise the Lord, that's not for me. You're already deceived, friend. I'm telling you, every single one of us tonight, God says, I want to put put my finger on areas of your life. Friend, I want to preach a nice little message so I get invited back. Praise the Lord. But when I get up here and the anointing and the conviction of God comes and God begins to look at our life and say there are habits and habitual sin patterns that I am not okay with. And let me just tell you young people something. We are not serving a 2020 God. We are not serving a God that is instant like our Instagram. We are not serving a God that is tolerating compromise and tolerating sin. Our God is jealous. Our God wants your affection. He wants your energy and time. Jesus said, if any man wants to follow me, he has to lay down his life. There has to be a giving up. It goes beyond praying a prayer. And then thinking, well, I'm good for the rest of my life. Pastor, I can remember praying a prayer and then drinking, praying a prayer and then sleeping around, praying a prayer and then fighting, praying a prayer and then living in all types of sins I couldn't even say over a microphone. And I thought, well, as long as I invite Jesus in my heart to to build a three-story Guatemalan treehouse, then everything's going to be fine. I could live like the devil the rest of my life. Friend, do you understand? Hell is full of people that prayed a prayer on Sunday but lived like the devil on Monday. There was no reality of the move of God. There was no reality of the presence of the Holy Spirit. There was no reality of pleasure in the kingdom realm. We are searching for pleasure and joy and trying to fill the void with all these other things. But let me tell you, young people, something. There is only one place that you will find your identity and it's not how many Instagram likes you have. There is only one place that you will find true pleasure and true liberation and it's not found in a pipe it's not found in a vape pen it's not found in a bottle but it is found in the word of God friend your calling and your destiny is only found in this it is not found in this you're exhausted looking for love in all the wrong places, searching if one guy likes me, if this girl would like me, and if this person, friend, listen, I feel the same at 100 followers as I did when I hit 50,000 followers. There is no different in my mind. There is only one reason why I'm on this earth, and it's not to have a large following, and it's not to live my life letting my cell phone babysit my brain. I asked God one day, Pastor, I said, God, why is our generation so absorbed and obsessed with social media and the internet and cell phones? He said, Isaiah, our generation needs their brain to be babysat we have literally rewired our brain where we don't even know what it means to be bored I remember growing up mom I'm bored she'd say go outside and do something and now we have a generation that all we do all day long is we allow this to make us spiritual zombies that we are walking around why does the enemy want us on this thing for four to six hours on average a day it's because there is a spiritual war that is happening in the second heaven above us and the enemy knows if I could keep a generation. I wish somebody would help me preach. I'm just making sure I'm at the right conference. I'm not at the Catholic conference. The enemy knows if I could keep your head down, you will be unaware of the spiritual war above you. Friend, when you got saved and enlisted in the army of God, you were not given a junior Holy Spirit. You were not given half of the Holy Spirit. You've been given all things. Am I preaching to somebody? You've been given all things pertaining to life and godliness you have the same spirit that raised Christ living on the inside of you you have the power of almighty God don't tell me you're bored I was in Canada preaching a couple months ago. In the fentanyl capital of the world, by capita, they have more fentanyl overdoses. I know five guys personally that have overdosed. Several of them have died on fentanyl. They say fentanyl is a super drug. It gives more pleasure and more euphoria and more endorphins and dopamine release than any other drug times a thousand. And friends of mine in Canada are on the corner. Next door to the church is a brothel, and they're on that corner. There's drug addicts overdosing every day on that corner. I'm talking about thousands in this small community are overdosing on fentanyl and God brought me in there I was preaching to a bunch of guys that the only pleasure they know is the pleasure of this drug that's literally they're literally playing with death that when they take this drug they know that they're going to get pleasure but they don't know if they're even going to make it out I know one guy that has literally died and come back to life seven times because he has a mom that's been pleading the blood over the doorpost of his life and every time that angel of death shows up it has to pass him by See, you might judge my praise. You might judge my shout. You might judge why I'm, why is he up there yelling? Because you don't know that I should be dead. But it was the hand of God. It was the mercy of God. It was the blood over my life that when I drowned, his power saved me. When I overdosed, his power saved me. When I hung myself at 12 years old and an angel pulled me off the rope. When I got drugged under a car, for a mile down the road it was only the hand of God it was only the mercy of God so understand I paid for this praise why are you up there shouting why are you down there dying where's a shout in the church Where's the hunger in the house of God? Where's that holy desperation where we don't just come to the altar, we crawl to the altar? Friend, I do this for a living and I'm here tonight saying God, I am more desperate for you tonight than I've ever been. I am more hungry for you tonight than I've ever been. I stood in front of those guys in Canada, all those young adults, and I said friend, there is a pleasure that is higher than the pleasure of fentanyl and that's the pleasure of God. From there, I know young people have never heard this, but there is pleasure in the presence of God. There is pleasure in prayer. Oh, I wish I was preaching to somebody. There is pleasure when you read your word. There is pleasure when the whisper of the Holy Ghost comes to you. There is real pleasure that's higher than sexual sin, that's higher than drug addiction. There's no pill or no pipe that could make you feel the way the presence of God can make you feel. There is no vice or stronghold and when you encounter Him, why would I want that? It's not that I don't, I don't, I oh, you don't get to do this. I don't want to do it. I don't want to watch the movies. I'm not even going to tell you my convictions because I will freak y'all out and I won't get invited back. I'm talking about having an encounter with God where you get home from this conference. And by the way, this conference did not start on Thursday. This conference starts on Monday morning when you get your tail out of bed and you say, am I going to live my life different? Is there going to be something on the inside of me? Is there going to be a praise on the inside? of me? Is there going to be a shout? on the, I feel Pentecostal up in this place. Is there going to be a praise and a shout and a life change on the inside of me where I bring this to my campus, where I bring this to my family, where I bring this to my community? It is not okay that we encounter it here, but not out there once a week or once a year. The priests used to be able to encounter the presence of God every single year. And they'd have to wait until next year came around to encounter the presence of God. And they had to live holy and they had to do all these little things and all these sacrifices. And Jesus came and said, I don't want you to encounter my presence once a year. In fact, I don't want you to encounter my presence once a week. I'm going to come as a man, subject myself to being a baby, born of a virgin. I'm going to walk the earth. I'm going to die on the cross, not for you, but I'm actually going to die as you. People say, Oh, Jesus died for you. Jesus didn't just die for you. He died as you because the Bible says that the one that knew no sin, what happened to him? He became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God. They say that they beat him beyond recognition. That you couldn't recognize Jesus. They beat him so bad. One day I said, God, why did they beat you so bad? That you were unrecognizable. He said, Isaiah, because I had to look like you. I died as you up on that cross. I paid the price that you couldn't pay. I paid a debt that I didn't owe so that you could have access the spiritual dimensions. You are not just a natural high schooler. You are supernatural beings that when you walk onto your campus, you are shifting supernatural atmosphere. When you walk on your come on, help me tonight. You are disrupting demonic powers. You have the power of almighty God on the inside of you. And It's time we stop walking around like grasshoppers. I just don't know. I'm just struggling. You're struggling? You've been given the power of Almighty God on the inside of you, and you're going to keep clicking on that website. But, friend, I wonder if we tasted and experienced the true manifest presence of God. See, this is what I didn't understand, Pastor, growing up, because I was raised in church, but I was not raised in Christ. You could be in church every single Sunday and never know God personally, and God does not judge you whether you go to church. The devil goes to church. He's not going to judge you whether you know the Bible. The Bible says the demons know and the demons tremble. In fact, this one's going to kind of mess with you. The devil used the Bible to try to tempt Jesus into sin. And so it goes beyond me just knowing a couple verses. There is going to be a day called judgment that we don't hear about often where God is not going to ask you if you know the Bible. He's going to ask you, did you live the Bible? See, it goes beyond. I have to begin to live this thing out and make lifestyle decisions. If you get anything from this, Message tonight, get this: that everything matters to God. What you watch matters to God. What you listen to matters to God. How you talk matters to God. Where you spend your time matters to God. And we have a forgotten God in the American church where we say, just come to church on Sunday and live the rest of your week void of the supernatural presence of God. But I believe that God is going to create lifestyle. Christians that say it is in every, oh, somebody needs to help me up in here. Come on, crank this mic up. Come on. Monday, I have a relationship. Now, let me just ask myself this, because we're all believers here, and listen, I am very tempted to get up here and preach a smooth message and do what a lot of youth group speakers do and just tell you a couple jokes and get the fuzzies going up on the back of your neck, but friend, there is such a conviction in the house tonight when I look at my life and say, what does my prayer life look like? If I am claiming to be a believer, there's no junior believers, uh, there's no junior Holy Ghost, there's no youth group message, uh, and if I am a believer, if I'm full of the Holy Spirit, if I've been born again, then I have a requirement to... And I have a mandate to not just make disciples, but to live my life in connection with the Holy Spirit. If I only charge my phone once a week, how many people know I would be an idiot, come on, help me young people, to think that Tuesday afternoon my phone would still be alive. Yet we charge our spiritual lives on Sunday morning, and we wonder by Sunday night we're dead spiritually, and then we try to live the rest of the week off of a one-time charge for an hour and a half but God is saying what if you plugged into me every day what if you woke up 15 minutes before school and said I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek the Lord because if you look for me you will find me biggest issue we have traveling been traveling for almost 10 years and young people always ask me this I've never had an encounter with God and I ask them all the time when's the last time you looked for him don't get mad at God that you're lazy Don't get mad at God that you could spend six hours a day on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook, but then five minutes in the Word of God, you're bored. That's because the devil knows that if he could get you in this thing, then he will lose the grip and the power that he has on your mind. He has tried to brainwash, and there is only one way to overcome brainwashing, and that's wordwashing. The only way to overcome the vices and the strongholds. See, there are demonic strongholds that the enemy has tried to build in your mind. A stronghold being a fortress and when you come in atmospheres like this it is a bulldozer to those fortresses when you read your bible it is a bulldozer three people read the bible praise the lord it is a bulldozer to every demonic stronghold when you get in the place of prayer you don't even realize it but you start changing and all of a sudden you don't feel like smoking that vape pen any longer all of a sudden, you don't feel like getting on that. When you go get it on that website, you start feeling sick on the inside of you. Why? Because now your spirit is in the driver's seat, and your flesh is in the passenger seat, and you've gone so long without let. i am trying to keep it simple. Come on, help me. You've gone so long listening to your flesh, but not listening to your spirit. It is not a secret tonight that you don't feel like worshiping. See, what happens is we get in atmospheres like this, and then we judge ourselves because we say, well, I don't feel like worshiping, and everybody else does. It's not that everybody else feels like worshiping. It's that everybody else understands this one principle that you're not getting. I don't walk by my feelings. I walk by faith. I don't walk by, um, if, if young people, if you would get this, even when I don't feel, I don't praise when I feel it. I praise till I feel it. I worship my way out of weakness. I worship my way out of weariness. The Bible says, I walk by faith and not by sight. So I might not see it changing in the natural, but there is something changing in the spiritual. People say, well, when you travel, and you go to some of these dead churches, there's churches I go to where ain't nobody shouting, ain't nobody clapping. I mean, they're looking at me like I'm the Antichrist, and I'm running around, and I'm shouting, and I'm sweating, and they go, well, well don't you get discouraged? Don't you go to your hotel and cry and wonder? I'm going, no, Pastor, I, tell, I could care less if anybody shouts. I could care less if it, you, because you got to understand, I'm not going and speaking to your natural man. I already know your natural man don't like this. I'm speaking to your spiritual man. See, Jesus told that." disciples when they fell asleep he said that your flesh is weak but your spirit is willing let me translate that for you to make it simple there is a yes on the inside of you that wants to worship and that wants to praise and that wants to live holy and tonight I'm preaching to your spirit and I'm changing things in the atmosphere maybe I haven't seen it in the natural but something shifting in the spiritual maybe it hasn't manifested so we get discouraged because we don't see the manifestation of our prayers but you have to understand something chronological time does not exist in heaven there is a lot of believers that do not like loud services and they do not like long services and I tell people all the time well you're going to want to go to hell then because you're not going to like heaven because heaven is loud, and it's one long service. See, when we got here at 7.30, we didn't start worship at 7.30. You cannot start worship. We joined in worship at 7.30. There is worship that's been going on for eternity before the throne. And the Bible says God inhabits the praises of his people. And see what pra- come on, praise chapel. What praise does is it invites God's power among us, and he makes this room his throne. So how is it that when we come together tonight, people are going to get healed in their body? How is it demons are going to get cast out? How is that the depression is going to be broken? How is it that suicide? How is it that sometimes when I preach, people get healed during the message, during the worship, during the praise? You may have walked in one way and walked out another way and not one person lay hands on you. Why? Because in the throne room, there is no sickness. In the throne room, there is no demons. Come on, help me like you hear me. Is it loud enough for you? In the throne room, there's no depression. And so what did Jesus say? He said, pray the kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. So then my job as an ambassador of a kingdom is to establish a government that will never end, a word that will never pass away. And so when I'm on my campus, I'm not there just to get good grades. Come on, help me preach. But I'm there to establish a government because I'm an ambassador I'm not some weak anemic dead Christian I am an ambassador for almighty God when I was in law enforcement before I got saved they would say, well, if you ever pull over an ambassador of a country, or you happen to run into an ambassador, our laws do not work on that ambassador. So if an ambassador kills somebody, or an ambassador runs a red light, you can't arrest them, you can't give them a ticket. Why? Because they're living by the laws of the land that they came from, not the land of the laws of the land that they're currently in. And so understand that you are ambassadors of the kingdom of God, and you are not from this earth. You are from another dimension. You are from, you are Bible calls you an alien, huh? and so guess what? Let me just give you a news alert before I start. Before I don't don't take four and a half hours to preach. Let me give you a news alert. You're not going to fit in at your school. Oh my gosh, I feel so free now. You're always going to be weird. You talk to an invisible God. You talk to a God you can't see, but a God that you could feel and experience, and that changes you. You're not called to fit in. You're called to stand out. And so if I'm living holy and everybody else is doing it, I'm not doing it. Why? Because I'm holy, and I've been set apart and I've been consecrated. You know what God is trying to do at this conference? He's trying to consecrate you for his work. He's trying to set you apart so that you don't blend in with your campus. You don't blend in with your friends. You don't blend in with your ungodly family. You don't blend in. You might not even blend in with all the lukewarm Christians you hang out with at your campus, but you know what? I have been called, and I have been chosen for such a time as this. God is really trying to wake you up and try to shake you up, And that might be why you don't like me. It might be why. Alarm clocks are not made to be nice. Mine went off at 7 a.m. this morning, and it didn't do this. Isaiah wake up. It's 7 a.m. Get out of bed. My alarm, it's loud, it's annoying, and it is repetitive. Why? Because the purpose of an alarm clock is not to be nice to you, is not to tell you a couple jokes, is not to pat you on the back and tell you how awesome your addiction is. The purpose of an alarm clock is to wake you up out of your slumber, and God is waking. The hour that we live in, I'll go into more detail tomorrow morning, is the hour where God is waking up his people. God God is waking up his church. There is no more time to sit back and to babysit and to spectate. God is raising up an army. Come on, somebody help me. Crank these monitors up. God is raising up an end time army in this generation. And God's people are standing up and saying, it is time to declare an all-out war over everything that is trying to stop me from my calling, my assignment, and my destiny. You have been chosen and called to live every day for God. So let me ask myself this, how was my prayer life last week? How much actual time? Because remember, in heaven, there's no chronological time. So the fear is this, that we pray for God to do something, and then as young people, here's what happened. Uh, Six months go by, a year goes by, what happens? We don't see the answer to our prayer, and so we no longer pray, and now we complain. But because God does not have time in heaven, when we pray for God to do something, and then a year goes by, and we're mad because he didn't do it, God gets both of those prayers at the same time. See, understand that God could do things in the spiritual that might take years to manifest, in the natural. That's why when the boy came to Jesus said, Jesus my son is sick and Jesus said, well where is he at? He said, well he's not here and he understood this, that everyone that they brought to Jesus got healed. The problem was his son wasn't at the gathering and the man looked at Jesus and said, Jesus I have servants that listen and do what I say and so do you. The man understood that Jesus had access to the angelic realm and the Bible says the angels carry our prayers. They are ministering servants of fire and the man knew that if Jesus set an angel to heal his boy. The boy didn't even have to be at the meeting, so what happens? Jesus goes, whoa, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. He said, but your son is will be healed, and the man's walking home on his way. Although the man has not seen the manifestation of the miracle, the man is on his way. Maybe I haven't seen my kid get saved, but I'm on the way. Maybe I still deal with depression, but I'm on the way. See, just because it hasn't manifested in the natural... It doesn't mean it hasn't happened in the spiritual. And so the man's halfway home. The servant runs up to the man and says, Jesus, you're not going to believe this. At about noon o'clock, yes, that's what he said, at about noon o'clock, he said, your son was healed. And And the man looks at his watch and realizes this one thing. The moment that Jesus spoke it, the boy was already healed. But the man had not caught up to his miracle. See, there are miracles that are being released in the atmosphere, and some of you just haven't got there yet. And don't be discouraged or disappointed that your parents are still on drugs. Who am I preaching to? Don't be discouraged and disappointed that you haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost yet. Don't be discouraged or disappointed that you're still battling that demonic force because God is shifting something. God is doing something. God is working even when you're resting. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel's praying, praying for his campus, praying for his nation, praying for his community, discouraged, tired, weary, because he has not seen the answer to his prayer. What do we do when we don't see the answer to our prayers? We keep praying. Uh, What do we do when we seek God and we don't find him? We keep looking. Uh, People say, well, how long should I look for God in prayer? Uh, And I tell people, well, how long do you look for your car keys? Uh, Well, I look for them until I find them. Absolutely. Uh, The same way you don't give up looking for your phone when you've lost it. Uh, You don't give up looking for God. You keep searching. You say, God, maybe I didn't find you last time, but I'm going after you again. Maybe I didn't find you two weeks ago, but guess what? I'm going after you. I'm talking about building a secret prayer life, building a history with God that will last through the storms and the trials. Because going to youth group on Wednesday night will not get you through the trials the enemy's bringing at you going to youth group on Wednesday night will not get you through the addiction and get you through the temptation and get you through the only thing that's going to get you through where you won't be another statistic of a young person like me that was raised in church but walked away at the age of 16 and became an atheist. The only way is if you get a real relationship, and let me just say this, you're not, I'm not talking about a relationship through your mom and a relationship through your dad. Listen to me, young people. You have to get your own relationship with God tonight and say, God, I want you to use me for revival in America. I want you to use me for your plan and for your purpose in this nation. I've not been called just to be a Sunday morning Christian, but I've been called to live this thing out every day, that there is a holy desperation and a desire on the inside of me to walk this thing out. Daniel's discouraged. He's praying, and the Bible says an angel shows up to Daniel. 21 days Daniel has not seen the result of one of his prayers and the angel shows up and says this Daniel from the moment that you begin to pray the moment you open up your mouth I'm not. we're not on dial up AOL internet we are on high speed we have a full access pass the moment you open up your mouth God begins to work on your behalf even if you don't believe it even if you don't feel it the angel said Daniel I've been fighting he said for 21 days I've been battling a demonic power I've been battling the prince of Persia the power of the air and Daniel, this demon is so powerful and so bad uh, that right now, Michael, the archangel's up there fighting it. Uh, you got to understand, friend, uh, that the enemy cannot destroy or end your calling, uh, but he could delay your calling. Uh, and I'm here to prophesy over you tonight uh, and say, every delay is broken. Uh, every demonic assignment uh, that's tried to hold back your breakthrough. Uh, every demonic assignment uh, that's tried to whisper in your ear is broken. The enemy will not have this generation. There is power in the blood of Jesus. There is power in the Holy Ghost. There is real supernatural power. And for years, if I could get the worship team up as I come to a close, for years demonic powers were fighting me. For years they were trying to hold back my destiny and one day I was in a service just like this. I was an atheist. I was 19 years old. I didn't go to church for three years. And my little sister begged me, she said, Isaiah, you'll experience God, just come to church. And I sat in the very back of a church that seats multiple thousand where they roped it off. I was a 19 year old atheist. I was getting hired as a police officer that next year. I had graduated high school at 16 years old. I had graduated college at 19 years old. I had graduated college. and I was back with my arms crossed like some of you tonight and I said God I'm not interested in you, I don't believe you, I don't want nothing to do with you and friend I'm telling you as that preacher began to preach I felt something like I feel it tonight, I felt something in that room fill that room and I felt somebody begin to pull on my shirt and friend for the first time in my life I ran to that altar and I want you to hear this and I stood up at altar and I said God this is what I said now if you're religious this would be a great place to close your ears I give you a warning I said God I don't often believe in you Now, don't say that, praise the Lord, at the altar, okay? That was just the only word that I knew how to say. I said, I don't believe in you. I said, but. Now, this is a very dangerous prayer. I said, but God, if you're real, this is a true story, 2011, January 12th, I said, God, if you're real, I'll move out of state, I'll break up with my girlfriend I was living with, I was with her for four years, we were going to get married, I'll give up all my friends, we were throwing parties with two, three hundred people, I was in a band, we were playing shows in Hollywood all over the place, I said, God, I will lay everything down for the sake of the call of what this man just preached tonight, I was so convinced God was not real, I was making every bet, every dare, and everything you could think of, and the Bible says be very careful when you make promises to God, Be very careful, but you don't realize God is moving even when you don't think he is. That God is doing something. And I'm telling you, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God that the Bible says by the breath of his nostrils opened up the Red Sea. The God that spoke galaxies into alignment. The God that was, that is, and that is coming. The God that lives outside the realm of time and outside the realm of possibility. The God that sneezes and galaxies are created. The God that tells the waves where to stop and the mountains where to be formed that God spoke, I'm talking, I was not full of the Holy Ghost but an audible voice spoke out of the sky and said, Isaiah, I don't want 99.9% of you but if you would give me 100% of your life I will use you to wake my people up and to preach to my people friend, God is not interested what if tonight all I have to give is 99.9%. God says this, I don't want it. Now I know most youth group speakers are going to come in and they're going to say, just come pray a prayer and try to convince you to come to the altar. Yet I'm so convicted when I read my Bible and the Bible says there was a rich young ruler that came to Jesus. And said, Jesus I've done everything you've commanded, everything the youth group said to do, and Jesus looks at the man and realizes there's still idols in the man's heart, and Jesus says, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, realizing that the problem wasn't his money, the problem was the money was the idol in his life, I don't know what idol you have, but I'm not going to convince you that everything's fine, that you could just come to Jesus and you could live like the devil friend, Jesus the Bible says gave him the cost, and said this is what it'll be, this is what it's gonna cost you, and the man left sad, the Bible says, because because his possessions were many and we never hear about that man again. Why? Because there is a cost, even as a young person, there is a cost of following Jesus. Maybe you prayed a prayer, maybe you've made a small commitment, but tonight I'm saying, God, you have to tell God, I want to be used as a vessel in my generation. See, I get radically saved. Let me go, let me give you the one and a half minute version for the sake of time. Radically saved. Didn't sleep for three days. Dirt at the altar. Dirt. Now, this is going to strike unbelief in some of you. It's okay. I don't get paid for you to believe me. Praise the Lord. (laughs) literal dirt started coming out of my eyes I'm talking about years of anger I'm talking about years of depression I'm talking about years of racism I'm talking about years of lusting and doing everything I wouldn't even be able to say over this microphone and all of a sudden one moment in the presence of God one moment, come on, somebody needs to remember that encounter, someone needs to remember the moment that they met this man, someone needs to remember when they went from death to life when they encountered, we need to get back to encounters, we need to get back to believing that it's the power of God, Romans 1.16 uh, that leads us unto salvation uh, and all of a sudden an atheist becomes a revivalist crying, 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 I get done with the altar, I felt like it was five minutes it was an hour and everyone said, are you okay? I said, just get me home. For three days, I didn't close my eyes for a minute. For two weeks, I didn't eat one drop of food. I had I literally lost my mind. I literally lost my mind. Guys, this is the point of the gospel, is that what you would lose your mind and you would get the mind of Christ, is that the eternal realm and the supernatural world would become more real than the natural realm. There is a reason why our generation is chasing the supernatural, and I'm telling you, church, that if we don't begin to give our generation the supernatural, the Hollywood will, but I'm standing up here and saying you are a supernatural being and our God is in spirit. That's why he said I'm looking for those that would worship me in spirit and in truth. I'm believing tonight for supernatural encounters in the presence of God. Go. Like, oh, let me just pray for you and just rub some oil on your head. I'm believing that every demonic power, I'm believing that every addiction, I'm believing that all the confusion and all the lies and all the abuse and everything that happened to you as a kid, that God with his mighty finger would come upon you uh, and would break all those demonic assignments uh, and would break every trial uh, and would break every stronghold. So here's what I did. I began to call up every person I was parting with Every girl I was sleeping with, I'm getting real, y'all. Every person I was smoking with, every person, I was throwing these huge parties with two, three hundred people. And I began to call them and tell them how God changed my life and invite them over. Within five months, there was three to five hundred people every single week coming to my house. I'm talking about, I was an atheist January 12th. I was at a beer pong tournament December 31st of 2010, and I was casting out devils 15 days later on January 15th. Why? Because our God has power to take you from who you are to who he wants you to be that the Bible says if any man be in Christ he will become a new creature that all the old things pass away behold all things are made new I wonder if there is anyone in here tonight that says I'm ready to lay down every idol I'm ready to get rid of every vice I'm ready to get my own relationship I'm ready to get my own walk I'm ready to get my own praise I'm ready to get my own shout I'm ready to lay down every idol I'm ready to lay down every distraction God if I have to break up with it I'm willing if you're in this place and you say I'm hungry for revival I'm hungry for spiritual awakening you make your way out of your chair and you say God tonight is my night I'm not leaving this conference the same way that I came I want to leave with your power I want to leave with your anointing I want to leave with your spirit. God, awaken my heart. God, break every chain. Break every shackle. Break every assignment. The King is here. The King is here. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at PraiseChapelParamount.com.